Hey everyone, I'm Joe Strain, and this is the Joy Rush Podcast. Today I'm joined by DJ and music producer Derek Atardi. You probably know him better as D-Rock, but if you've been on a college campus in the last four years, you have definitely heard his music. With well over 10 million streams to his name across SoundCloud, Apple Music, and Spotify, D-Rock is only getting bigger and better. Derek got his start at JMU DJing parties and producing mashups and edits in his dorm room. Now he's just wrapped up phase one of his no work, no school, let's bull fall tour, making over 20 stops across the country and just announced a show on January 6th at Temple Denver. You can check out his new song with Porsche Love, Far Between, out now on Spotify and Apple Music. D-Rock, welcome to the show. Yo, psyched to be here. Let's go. Great intro. Damn, you know a lot about me. <laughs> yes, sir. I know. It's... You know, it's it's funny how we got even our start together, just like seeing you at, at Gettysburg and, and kind of communicating across platforms uh, on SoundCloud. And uh, it's such a funny world to see someone who you you ripped their, their remix off of SoundCloud uh, 10 years ago. And then we had 2020, we, we played a show in New York together. Uh, definitely a highlight and a low light for me, um, getting a little too to serve well well over served at that party um but <laughs> just funny how how cross can how paths can cross uh from online relationships into the real world yeah and i still talk to you know yourself we catch up here and there and i still talk to nick ruff um all the time yeah i know i met him at gettysburg and now he's crushing he's in la he's producing for other people too so that's great yeah yeah, dude, I love. I haven't caught up with Ruff in a minute, but we text pretty frequently, and I see his content all the time. Always hitting that like button. Um, it's fun to just see how everyone's growing and evolving. Um, we just finished up a little pre pre chat. Uh, you you said you have a new song coming out. I'd love to hear more about that and just how that came together. Damn. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, I graduated from JMU in 2018, and like one of the songs that you would always hear at parties was Sammy Adams' All Night Longer. Um, and I was like, dude, I always wanted to work on a track with this guy. So we've been working on this track for about a good year and six months by now. I reached out to him last last July, actually. Uh, we had a bunch of different takes. We tried making something a little more tech house, a little more deep house. And then I was like, you know what? What am I trying to do? I'm not really... You know, you try and follow a wave of music, but I was like, that's not what I feel passionate about. So then we finally got this great vocal take, um, and I loved it. I fell in love with it. Super simple, super catchy, um, very easily able to be like, you know, repeated or someone to sing it. So I'm excited about that track and that we're working on getting that released, hopefully, uh, sometime in late March. Um, but you know how it works with TikTok nowadays. If something blows up on TikTok, it's like, yo, you got to get it out. Yeah. Yeah, the, it's it's crazy how the campaigns have evolved to like, I mean, I see a lot of the, the fabricated uh, TikTok stories that you'll you'll see with different artists. There's this one, um, this one guy out of Australia, I'm blanking on his name right now, but he had a TikTok bit where he was going around the world, um, putting together the song by uh, recording with different street artists. And then once he had finished the song, he's like, my label will only let me put it out once I get a certain number of pre-saves. Um, what are your thoughts kind of on the TikTokification of just the music industry and how you could have a, a demo get put out with a TikTok bit and if enough people love it and, and put, put, I don't know, their attention towards it, 
how that can transform a song from an idea to a fully produced radio supported song? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, like I haven't been around the space that long with the production side of things. Right. And then, you know, I started leveraging TikTok post COVID. Um, and you know, that's how I was promoting myself to get more shows. I promoted on TikTok, like, Hey, win a free show by me and used old past footage of like shows. And then that's how I started building my repertoire out in like the space. But like with songs, I know when I posted like that Squid Games remix, um, it started getting pretty big. And I was like, wait, this is pretty big. Let me put it on SoundCloud. And then Squid Games took it down off SoundCloud. So, you know, maybe that was my good luck charm or I'm trying to always chase that same high again with like, again with like a new trending sound. But I think that TikTok really changed the game. And if you have like a trending audio, it really like catches on. And that's how people are getting booked, you know, like not trying to compare and trust, but there's a bunch of artists that have like that trending sound that really gets them well known and gets them on festivals and a huge tour off like one track and congratulations to them. You know, there's a lot of work that goes behind closed doors that we don't notice. Right. You know, obviously there's a little bit of luck, right. But there's a lot of work that goes behind closed doors. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, I completely agree. That's like a little bit of luck. Uh, even talking about how John summit has come on the scene with, um, I don't remember the song, that he first had, but it's just like, you can see. Yeah, deep end, with, yeah, that was like 2020, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with a little bit of support and a lot of work in the back end, it's, it's they they seem a little bit like industry plants, even though they're not, because it's just like the mediocre, or the mediocre, the meteor-like rise of certain artists, I mean, disco lines even, just, you get that one baby, baby airport extended edition, and then they just kind of catch fire. Um, Speaking to that, one of the first things that I thought about when putting together our conversation was thinking about your live sets and how you go about kind of curating and creating them from scratch. Do you have a, like a specific set of songs that you know are must plays? Uh, I have to think the ESPN remix gets played. I mean, it's just so energetic, but what, what goes into putting together a set for uh, you? Great question. Um, when I created the Discord, I'm pretty sure you're involved with there. I play a lot of Discord mashups only because uh, these kids use a lot of my instrumentals. They use instrumentals that, you know, like I like and their sing-alongs. Um, so that's most likely how I pre prepare my sets. I go to the Discord in my Discord chat and I go through which mashups I want to include. And then if I like an instrumental but not the vocal, I'll swap it out. But that's just the easiest way because, you know, my favorite way of finding new music instead of you know screaming through some things and if i know something works i'm going to reuse it yeah i like guess something's a, a song of the moment or it's been on the top of spotify mint for a couple of weeks are you trying to mix it in or are you specifically trying to like curate and create songs for every set yeah so most likely all of my sets um in the college space right are in this similar like sound crate where I'm like, okay, I know all these songs get the people going, right? And then I filter in about 30% of new songs to a 70% set. As for like new club shows and everything, I always create a new set per club. I try and see which ones really slap. Um, that takes a long time for me. It doesn't take like one day. It takes like, you know, a good, 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 good. When I say like four days, I mean like wake up that whole day, just finding new tracks, finding new ways to transition these and prepping my set. And most of my sets, like, I like to create a playlist with about, like, 200 songs in it. And it'd be like, okay, well, this is my first song I want to start off the set with. And then I can go 
after reading the crowd, I can go from song one into song two, three, four, or five. And if I don't feel like it's ready for that, or if I'm looking at the crowd, I'm like, okay, this is probably a little slower. There's more hype, you know? That's how I'm curious. Yeah. I think that's perfect and a great transition into like this question for beginner DJs, which if you're just getting started as a DJ, say you have your, your first gig for your, your college fraternity or even a, a small party, what tips can you take from your preparation? Um, and, and how would you give advice to a new DJ? A new DJ? Um, yeah, how would you give advice to a new DJ who's looking to put on a great first set? I, you know, I worked in the corporate world, so I can reference this a little bit, like find a mentor, get a mentee and just network and find other people that have done it before or haven't done it before and see what they would do. I love getting feedback from other people, you know, like going in freestyling stuff, like in the beginning, I had my friend, my one of my best friends, Chris score, he went to Yukon, he was DJing too, right? But he never played live shows. And like, I was one of the first DJs at JMU that I knew about, you know? So like I was freestyling it and I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to play whatever the fuck I want. And I think it's going to work. But at the end of the day, it kind of worked because I was one of like the first DJs at JMU. There was definitely more DJs that I didn't know about. Right. And I'm not saying I'm not appreciative of them, but like me personally, I was like winging it. I was like, fuck it. Let's put a mix on SoundCloud. If this mix on SoundCloud gets like X amount of views, that means like people like it. So let's just play that mix at the, at the. That's sick. How are you taking that same fuck it, we ball mentality and applying it to D-Rock in, in 2024? Or do you think kind of slower, more strategically uh, now that you are a bit more established uh, internationally? Yeah, thanks. Uh, you know, it's hard. It, it's very challenging at times where like um, there's definitely like a business side and there's definitely like the, the fun party side. So it's hard to break those up. Um, there's times where I'm like, fuck it, let's ball. And like, to be honest, like that's what the fraternity scenes are all about. Cause like, it's like, fuck it, let's have a good time. But like, I like to take myself a little bit more seriously at the clubs. I'm still having the same energy and same vibes. Right. But I like to be like, okay, I'm not just hard transition into fucking tsunami. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, let me actually do something cool here. Instead of saying like, yo, like say a different frat on the mic, like fuck sake, Kai. And they go to a different song and the kids are hype, you know? Can't do that at a club, but that's hilarious. We could, like, yeah, fuck the club next door, pussies. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, the club promoters would probably appreciate it, but then at the same time, it's it's almost like a different level of class yeah, that I'm you're not expecting. Getting, I'm not getting booked back and no class, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, as far as music production and DJing goes, um, Personally, I've struggled with uh, connecting with normal people about it. I mean, obviously, the first thing they do is, oh, you DJ. That's kind of what you get. And then what do DJs even do up there? Um, As a music producer and DJ, what is something that you wish people asked you about more when trying to talk about your work? Uh... I always try and do this myself. Like everybody always asks for like feedback or help, but they never like, it's not, it's a two way train. They never say like, how can I help you? You know, a lot of kids like say, yo, I just dropped my new mix or yo, I just dropped this new track. Can you give me feedback? Always down to do that. Right. But if the kid said, yo, I just dropped this new track. Um, I also listened to your new track, blank, blank, blank. Yo, I love it. The vocals here really hit my voice. Let me know next time whenever you're, putting out a new song if I could review it would love to give you feedback like that 
perspective makes me realize, wow, I would love to hit this kid back up. Something hit me up, you know, not always just asking and never like, you know, receiving. I don't know if I said it the right way, but I hope that made sense. You know? Yeah, no, totally. There's um, an entrepreneur I love to listen to and, and read his comments. Gary Vee, you probably are at least familiar with him, but um, he has a book, Jab, 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 Right Hook, which refers to the act of giving value, giving value, giving value, asking for the sale or asking for whatever you're going to ask for. And that um, typically you're more successful if at first you're offering value and that way uh, there feels like there's an even exchange of some sort, uh, especially at the beginning when if you're new to the industry and you don't, you can't give a bigger artist uh, than yourself something in terms of opportunities or lessons, uh, being able to give them something like feedback or uh, maybe access to a, a community of your own. If they're coming to the city, mm-hmm. giving them kind of a, I've got 10 friends we're rolling up to That's the show. That's all it is. Yeah. That's all it is. Share it on your story. Say, yo, I saw you're coming to town. I just sent this to my boy. His name is Brian. He'll see you there. You know, small little things. And I don't know, maybe that's just, that's just me, right? But that just goes a long way for me personally. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, if you were coming out of the gate, college freshman, hadn't had, maybe just got there, there, this is January in a month from now, college freshman, you just got a DJ board for Christmas, you have an iPhone, you have an Instagram, what would you do over the next year if you want to be eventually playing concerts like Ultra? Like what's your, what's your game plan are you focused on? Uh, putting out mixes, TikToks, producing music. Like what would be your first, uh, your first thought as a strategy? That's a really good question. So I did start my sophomore year. Like I bought my first board for Christmas sophomore year. So I did start freshman year, but if I did start freshman year, right, I would, I probably wouldn't change a thing. You know, I started off making mashups and mixes. But the one thing that I didn't do was get into music production until after college, you know? That was probably because making mixes and mashups were already created and super easy and production was like taking another class. But I wish, 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 wish I took production as serious as I took like, you know, my computer science class. And I, instead of like this elective, I focus on this more and I got to see in this elective as focus on production because I didn't focus on production um, as much as I would like to. Um, so I am backtracked, right? Because right now I'm still working on my production. I'm still working on my sound, right? There's kids that started with production and now they're catching up and not in like a race type of way. But for me, it's like, you know, I made my foundation for mixes and mashups and there's kids that have been producing this whole time and kids are like, yo, how to get these shows. But in three years, they're going to be having a fuck ton of shows. And during that three years, I'm still trying to make my sound. So I would focus on like small, like start small, like start with like learn how to play piano, focus on production. And as you're doing that, put it on TikTok and record yourself the whole time. Go live and just be like, yo, trying something new out here. Stay tuned. You know, one person sees that, just keep building, keep going live on TikTok. That's what I would do. Yeah. I love that because the chain smokers, obviously very well known DJ and music producers, but they have such a similar story to that. Um, I know Drew went to Syracuse and started learning music production. And Alex, a little bit older, was in New York City and DJing in the Chainsmokers already, but didn't have any music production experience. So when they, they met up and came together, it was like, you got someone who already is able to get gigs and knows how to DJ and someone knows how to, pre- to 
someone who knows how to produce music and you come together and you kind of get that tag team. Um, nowadays it's, yeah, I think the solo DJ is definitely challenging, right? Cause you have, I have to worry when I was, you know, building up now I have a team, I have a manager, no longer a booking agent, but like I was doing my own bookings, my own social media, my own mixes, my own mashups, uh, my own social promotion. And it becomes like a huge business, right? There's a lot of things that people don't know about. But like, you know, when you have a duo where the duo is like, yo, I'll make the music, you make the DJing. Or, yo, I could do the content, you can do the promotion and the networking, right? You need to find, like, if you do a duo, you have to find that. But your own self, you realize that, like, you're the one that's going to do it. Yeah, and on the, the trade-off side of that, it's like, sure, you get the benefits if you reach that uh, that pinnacle of you get the profits yourself. You don't have to split them. You don't have all these other um, maybe band decisions that you have to do. But at the same time, you have all of that work to, to load on your own shoulders. And there's only 24 hours in a day and you're only capable of so much. Um, I was talking to a YouTuber, uh, Steven Casado, on episode three. And he was speaking a lot about this because he does all his own filming and editing. And he's tried to find an editor, but has really struggled with someone who's able to connect and see his creative vision, especially remotely. But he said... You're no longer just an artist. You are a creator. You are everything. If you make the art, you also have to produce all the content around it to show off the art. And it's no longer enough to just do the thing. You have to do the thing and do all the other things to make sure other people can see it and that your brand grows. Plain and simple. That was it. Yeah. Dude, dope. Um, I mean, it's it's such a struggle, but... Um, like even with doing the podcast uh, last week, switching switching it up, not we had uh, different timelines, which is totally fine. But switching it up and doing my my first solo episode, I was uh, in a way very happy that we had to to reschedule because it pushed me to do something that was making me uncomfortable, which is just sitting in a room and talking into the abyss, um, and that kind of pushed me. There's to... definitely a reason for that. Don't forget that though. There's definitely like there's a reason why I canceled and some other energy told you to do that yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly. Um, and like naturally things come up for everybody. So it was never about that, but just knowing that I had set this goal for myself of putting out a podcast a week, uh, for the first, for the first 10 episodes, taking a break and, and then keep pushing on to a hundred. Um, something definitely did push me to, to go and do that because I knew it was something that I needed to do and that there was progress on the other side of that mental wall. Um, so I'm, I'm glad I did it. It was, uh, it was a challenge, a challenge to hit record, but after that, it was such smooth sailing. Um, so I'm glad I did that. Um, so I got a hot question just for me, really. Should people get earplugs? <laughs> Concert goers. Yeah, I mean, I have, yeah, I, uh, this isn't an ad, this isn't a sponsored ad, but I wear eargasms. But the problem is I only wear eargasms at concerts when I'm listening to music. When I'm DJing, I can control the volume level and the booth. And yeah, sometimes I crank it, but I know when my ears are like, ah, this fucking hurts. And when I'm at a show, I'm like listening, I'm like, ah, this fucking hurts. But like when I'm DJing, I'm like, all right, I know the volume level I want to put at. So yes, I think you should get uh, earplugs. Everybody should have them. D-Rock approved. I just had to know your thoughts because I've been in the booth before and I know it's like, it's a full different side of the music because all the speakers are facing out and you have two speakers possibly facing in if you're lucky. Otherwise you just have headphones, but 
it's a completely different ball game being front row for a concert with those massive things in your ears. It's just killer. Yeah. Um, Talk to me about fuck cancer. How'd you get involved and what's the cause all about? I got involved with fuck cancer my senior year at JMU. So this was probably senior year, uh, 27, December of 2017. I saw a cap slap. Um, who was like who person that got me into the space like my role model my mentor uh i would still talk to him every day i talked to him last month um he was wearing a fuck cancer shirt on his chest and i was like that's fucking awesome after 9 11 my dad was diagnosed with blood and bone cancer so he had to go through a lot of chemo and i know everybody has an affected family member a loved one through cancer um so when I talked to him, I was like, that shirt's sick, dude. Where'd you get it? And then he told me a little bit about the company. I reached out to the the company, um, and I found the CEO, Julie. And I said, yo, this is really cool. Like, I want to throw my own event. I want to raise money and throw my own event. And the reason why I started doing these events was, one, we were raising money for a good cause. Two, I was bringing all my like family and friends together to meet new family and friends and everybody was having a great time doing that. And three, like being blunt, we're all getting drunk and having a great time, but it was for a good cause. Like it was like someone could piss on the roof, but like we're still raising money. And I loved that idea. And it was cool. Like I've been able to throw my events like every year this year. Sadly, it was challenging to do that because I usually do my events in New York where I know I can bring a big crowd, but I I'm thankful enough that I had two shows in New York with one with two friends and one by myself at summer club. But, um, I plan on doing my next fuck cancer show in LA, um, early, early February on a Thursday. It's challenging though, cause I don't play in that market and I'm hoping that like, you know, I could sell tickets in that market for a fuck cancer show. So I'm hoping. To- yeah, dude, that's, that's awesome. I mean, such a great cause. Uh, I know where so many of us are affected and, so many people don't even know that their their close friends or, or loved ones are affected. It's some people can be kind of uh, low key and, and very quiet about their battle. Um, so that's a really amazing uh, story that got you into that. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't have it on me right now because I have so many. I was just snowboarding and I have all these bracelets on, but I always carry a bracelet on me. And if I see someone that says, "Yo, I love your bracelet," I always give it to them. I'm running low, I started with a thousand. Now I have like two. You gotta re up. <laughs> gotta get... yeah, gotta... Are you? Um, well, first off, I'm I'm in Utah, as you know, so I'm a big skier. I love the winter sports. Are you planning any winter collaborations? Any uh, concerts in the snow? I know that there's some some different festivals that run near different mountains. Have you reached out to any of them? Or are you planning anything of your own? Crazy that you talk about that one. So yeah, I have the show January 6th at Temple in Denver. Um, Love that venue, beautiful venue. My brother lives here. So it's the first show. Um, that's my main focus, though. So right now I'm trying to figure out how can I promote this show? Because one, if this isn't like my market, and yeah, I know there's a fan base out there, there, but it's always like hard to get in touch with like a fan base or make sure people are free that weekend. You know, as a developing artist, you're like, I'm not at that level where I can just make a post and it sells out. You know, I had to push. So I had to like message people in Denver to get people there. So I messaged... Um, some hula hoopers, some food influencers, some dance shufflers. Uh, I messaged this clothing brand that's in Denver that I bought merch from. And I was like, yo, I have this show. 
what do I need to do for you to come bring your friends, you know? And then tomorrow I have a brainstorm session. I'm like, can I do a ticket giveaway? Can I do a table giveaway? Can I do blah, 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 blah. So it's a hustle right now because, like, I don't want to go in. Because at the end of the day, if you want to get on festivals or, like, bigger lineups or shows, you have to sell tickets. Like, they can like you as a person. They'll actually come back. But, like, if you want to make money and you want to crush this as a career, you got to sell tickets. So it's a struggle and it's a lot of stress. But um, ideally, like, if the club fits 500, I, I, I want to sell it out, you know? I want to get close to that or I want to sell it out. So they'll be like, holy shit, how the fuck did you do that, you know? Yeah. But no other plans at the moment. My focus is this and to impress that. Or, yeah, I got some Denver friends, so I'll definitely pass the word on to them. Make sure they know that's that That's what I'm talking about. It's cute. Yes, sir. Make sure they know that that's the spot to be. Dude, they, you should do that on the foot of the podcast. Be like, if you're listening right now, send me a message and I'll send you a couple free tickets. And they can be like, oh, I'm in Denver. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, dude, I'll, send, I'll get my, uh, my, main, my main connects out there going. And then if they're going, you know, keep them, keep them coming. Um, Fuck yeah. Yeah. I, the reason I know about Temple Denver is because my old roommate from the first years out here, Shane Duffy, his brother lives in Denver, lives with some music producers, and he said that Temple has the sickest sound system that he's ever heard. Okay, I mean, it's the bass capital. I don't play much bass, but I think I'm going to do a couple of wubs, maybe one or two or ten. That's Dude, <laughs> yeah, you should, uh, you should, I mean, you should stock SoundCloud and just look for like a young dub wob uh, producer and just be like, do you want to put together an ID with me? Something for, for the show um, could try and tease that. Also, while we were talking about just advertising for Denver in general, I was like, uh, one idea is posting up in the parking lots of different resorts, different like mountain resorts and just doing a DJ set for like an hour or two, like not even an hour, like half an hour in the morning in one parking lot. And then, half an hour in the middle of the afternoon and then half an hour in another parking lot and just people being like, who the hell is this DJ in the middle of the parking lot? And why is he just absolutely going off? Get the That's a really good idea. Sadly, I don't have my DJ board, but I really like that idea. I think Grizz did that, like to build his crew. He would play a set at like festivals outside the festival and people be like, oh, this is fucking sick. I really like that idea. Just play a set outside. Fucking hell yeah. Be freezing Dude, my off. Oh yeah. Also, uh, if you don't have an opener yet, um, Connor Sweeney, who went to Gettysburg, he's got a pretty big network in Denver and is playing uh, a bunch of shows pretty regularly out there. So um, if you've got an open slot and looking to just talk to somebody, he... Yeah, they haven't booked any of the support yet. Dude. Tell, him to, tell him to connect us or... Just send him a message see if he's free because I could use the help, right? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, I've seen I've seen the photos from from the shows he's been putting on, so he's moving numbers. Uh, and the the Denver guy, so I'll definitely connect him after this. Would love to see you guys team up and blow the roof off Temple. Yeah, dude, totally. Yeah, hit him up, see if he's cool, and then um, I got to get it approved. But yeah, that sounds like a yeah. No, of course. Um, just figured it was a, a good idea to way to, to connect some some people that uh, have crossed paths in the past but maybe didn't know it. Um, and then I wanted to I don't I don't have the clip loaded, but you've probably seen this clip of, of Fred again in his Zane Lowe interview where he's doing the the pad, uh, putting together a beat. 
I don't know if you've seen it. I can pull it up. But it's just Fred again going absolutely nuts with with Zane Lowe. Yeah, I know that video. Where is it? I just – oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah, this one's sick. Totally. Um, yeah, I love that guy's face. Dude, Zane Lowe is just like, oh, my God, dude. Um, but you've probably seen this clip of Fred again in Zane Lowe's interview. For the people that don't know, making a song like that on the spot is so hard. What is your creative process like? How do you make music? Dude, um, great question. Um, I was actually – I can't share screen, can I? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little – at the bottom of the screen, there should be a little – um, it looks like a YouTube button with an arrow pointed up. Uh-huh. Okay. I saw this store. Can you see my phone? Can you see that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw that store. It said Sunshine Daydream, and I was like, that's the coolest fucking name ever. Um, and then, let me see if I can share a screen. I don't know if this will work, but let's see. You click the share screen button, and then window. window. Yeah, let's give it a try, dude. Hold on. Can you see my screen? Oh, yeah. Not yet. Oh, you can't? Fuck. Not yet, but it has been slow. There's been a slight delay on our feeds, but it uh, it fixes itself when it uploads at the end of the recording. I just tried. You should probably be able to see it now. No? I don't, can't see it. Well, I guess I don't have to share my bad. Just the beat. Nothing crazy, but uh, yeah, I guess when I see something or I hear something, I get inspiration from it, and I'm like, I want to do something with that. Especially when I saw that store, I saw the Sunshine Daydream, and I thought of like, um, like Toad on Mario Kart, and he's like riding around this beautiful sunshine. And it was like that type song. So I get inspiration from that, and then I get inspiration from other people's sounds sometimes. You know, like I went to a show. And I saw Pretty Lights at uh, Brooklyn Mirage, right? And he stopped touring for a little bit. But then I was like, holy shit, this is how all these rhythm and dubstep like, producers got their influence by. You know, like, I know, like, this is how, like, Riz got influenced by this guy. Like, holy fuck. So, yeah. Well, other people are seeing other people's sets. Mostly going out and seeing other live sets and seeing other DJs perform is, you know, how I get um Yeah. Dude, yeah, Finally Moving by Pretty Lights was probably the first song that introduced me to sampling. Uh, and I was just like, how the <laughs> hell did he did he take that song and turn it into some amazing track? It was like, it's such a mellow song, but that brought me into, I mean, his crazier stuff of like, I know the truth. I remember in eighth grade with my Skull Candy headsets, listening to the, that in the back of the bus, getting pumped up for lacrosse game. Nowadays, it's like way too hard for me, which is funny um, that I was like, bang, like almost like head banging in eighth grade, seventh grade. And now I'm just like, yeah, I like pretty much stick to the top 100 and, and pop. Like I've already listened to Tate McGray's album all the way through a couple of times because I'm just like, what is the sound that is on radio right now? What is popping off? Yeah, right. Um, I love that. Brother, I got to actually listen to that album. So if you know there's a song I should remix, send it to me. Do absolutely. Um, are you thinking of oh, the Tate McGray? Greedy's gonna, yeah. yeah, dude. Greedy's Greedy's already tapped out, but she's got a bunch of really cool songs. Um, how would you for for people listening? How would you go about 
trying to get the stems for that song and do a remix. I wouldn't do that. I'd literally just do some illegal bullshit, rip the song offline, and then just post it on TikTok. Some artists get really... I had to deal with an artist in the past, not going to name drop, but they fucking... They got so pissed that I posted something. And I was like, what the fuck? Every other artist wants something to blow up on TikTok. Like, come on, bro. Um, but yeah, I would just rip the stems, post it. <laughs> that, yeah. Like, come on. What, like, it's also like, yeah, I don't understand why any artist could possibly get upset that another artist was so inspired by what you created that they used AI to strip your vocals put together their own thing and give you free publicity. So now people are like, huh, I wonder what the original Dude. sounds like. I don't get it. I made a remix. They kindly messaged me to take it down. And I was like, what the fuck? Okay. I was literally, it literally had so many comments like, yo, where can I listen to this remix? Like, yo, this is sick. Had like 70 comments within like two hours. I was like, holy fuck, something's doing, something's working. And then, yeah, fucking ass. Do, uh, do you play it out? Dude, I play it out all the time. And it fucking cranks. But I'm going to make it an original. Nice. Yeah, repurpose that. You're like, the beat's too good, and yeah. I don't want to take that vocal and, and use it for that type of purpose. Dude, 100%. 100%. Yeah, I remember even just like doing a remix, I, I messaged uh, Disruptors managers to try to do a remix, and somehow the only stems because I was hoping for like chain smoker stems and somehow the only stems that they had available were for a Zed song. And I was like, how am I, how am I getting Zed stems, but you won't send me the chain smoker stems. Anyway, I, I rushed the yeah. remix, sent them a, a version that was just not polished and clean. And I immediately, they were just like, all right, on the, uh, on the subscribed list. So kids, if you make a, a remix for the labels, make sure it's perfect. <laughs> yeah oh my god um brother uh thank you so much for jumping on i know i know your time's short and you got to go but i really appreciate it um when can we expect to see the song drop i know you've got your song with porsche love out now on all platforms what's the next project dropping and when can they see you next in person damn um yeah i appreciate that and yeah thanks for taking time thanks for rescheduling you know if anybody's listening in, like I had a really rough November because like when the music stops, I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing with my life? You know? And especially at my career, like after I have my last show, I'm like, all right, I'll have shows for a bit. Where's the money? You know what I mean? Uh, but no, thanks for rescheduling. It means the world. Thanks. Um, yeah, I have a bunch of releases. I'm trying to do a release every every month this year. So the first release um, is in January. It's a VIP remix of my song, Say My Name. Um in February, I have a release on Sam Felt's label. And then in March, uh, we're on Hexagon, which is cool. That's Don Diablo's label. Cool label looks. Not the real label. It's their sub-label called uh, Future. But still connected in that scene. And then I'm trying to put that record out with Sammy Adams. So hopefully it'll be late March or early April. Dude, hell yeah. I'm excited to hear all those tracks and, and see what you got coming out through, through Hexagon and Future. That'll be a cool vibe. Fuck yeah. Yeah, thanks, dude. Yeah, and then as for shows, um, I'm dropping a tour within the next one, two weeks, and it's mostly East Coast shows. People in LA don't fucking like me. That's why I'm doing my Fuck Cancer show. Um, trying to get a show at Sky Salt Lake City, too, so I'll keep on keep you on that. But Yeah, so we have New York, D.C., Boston, Atlantic City, uh, 
We have Philadelphia too, Scottsdale, um, Tampa, and then Miami 11, Gentleman's Club. 